Hello, welcome to the Basketball Soapbox. I'm your host, Daniel Daly. Thank you all for joining me as always. Uh, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe as we head into breaking down the trade deadline in NBA All-Star Weekend, which is happening next weekend. But um, I will talk about that as that is set in stone. Um, I will be talking about uh, the NBA trade deadline. Um, a lot of trades happened. Uh, no superstar trades happened, which everyone hopes for during this time. But especially with the new salary cap implications and people still trying to figure out how the salary cap is going to work, um, what we saw was a lot of smaller moves, uh, a lot of uh, swing guys that could be used on for contending teams now, um, trying to move up into contention, um, a lot of second round picks because now those have a little bit more value in the league um, as teams try to value draft picks apparently a little bit more than before. Because um, they're not trying to waste number one draft picks, as we'll see as I talk about the trades that go on here. Um, but yeah, just a lot of moves that help teams get a little bit better. Um, I thought there were some savvy moves, especially like the Knicks, um, the OKC Thunder, which I'll be talking about. Um, but yeah, just some good trades that happened. Um, some teams that didn't make moves, which was surprising. Um, but we'll get into that. Um, but first, I want to talk about, of course, the New York Knicks. Uh, I believe they won the NBA trade in line with the moves that they were able to make, um, getting Alec Burks and Bojan Bogdanovic from the Detroit Pistons um, for, Evan, uh, for Evan Fournier, Malachi Finn, Quentin Grimes, Ryan Archie Dinaki now, and two second-round draft picks. And also the Pistons released Killian Hayes, which I'll talk about as well. But um, the New York Knicks making these great moves to continue to uh, – as I've been saying since the OG Ananobi trade, uh, modernize their offense, um, create more spacing, create more shooting, something that wasn't in the wheelhouse for Tibbs-led teams, right, in the past, right? Like they were not always the greatest shooting teams and stuff like that. And especially with his uh, makeup of his teams and his history, they have been strong defensively, strong guard play, and that's just how they work. They're just going to grind these games out. And, of course, the New York Knicks um, have been doing that solid on the defensive end. Jalen Brunson leading the offense, um, having an Isaiah Thomas-type um, NBA season so far this year. Um, in terms of just a miniature guard, just making all the plays, right, just keeping that team consistently going on his back. And respect to him, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle has come around, um, got voted for the All-Star but separated his shoulder, so he'll be missing it. But it was an All-Star. Um, for the New York Knicks this season, and they have been playing great. And what they've been trying to do is just figure out how to maximize this offense, maximize the spacing. R.J. Barrett goes out, who is an okay shooter, but not the guy type of guy that O.G. Ananobi is and the defender that he is. They move him out. They get O.G. Ananobi, turn things around, um, and continue to look. Um, they got rid of Evan Fournier, who they weren't using. Malachi Flynn is a backup guard at best. Um, Quinton Grimes, who was a bright spot for them. But to get two guys like Alec Burks and Bojan Bogdanovic moving forward, that's big time for them, especially when teams were trying to get those guys, one of those guys in separate deals, and to turn around and get both of these guys and not giving up first-round picks, not giving up any draft capital, it's just that nature, not giving up any big contracts or big names for your team that you want to have as your core moving forward. They keep all their bigs. They keep all their swing guys. Quentin Grimes is the guy that's an odd man out. Um, but you easily do that for this trade and to get guys like Bodon McDonavich and Alec Burks who can shoot the ball, play really well, um, fit into Tibbs' system and be able to play both sides of the ball, which is important in this um, system for Tibbs. Um, that's a big one for the New York Knicks. And I don't say that often, especially with trades, to sit there and turn around and get OG and Anobi, Alec Burks, Bojan McDonavich, 
those are big ones for the New York Knicks, no question. Um, and those guys are going to be uh, playing backup roles once Julius Randle comes back. Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brunson just sprained his ankle. So, um, and OG, I don't know if he was out with uh, surgery, uh, removing a, loose, uh, a bone chip in his elbow, I believe. Um, but once those guys back and are at full tilt, they firmly move themselves up to say, hey, we're going to look Philly in the eye. We're going to look whenever they get Joel Embiid back at some point. Uh, we're going to look the Bucks in the eye. We're going to look Cleveland in the eye. Potentially the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, they're going to try to say they can look in the eye. Um, but they give themselves at least a shot, which the New York Knicks usually haven't had in a while. Um, to move to the side of the Detroit Pistons, um, out of this, I think getting Quinton Grounds is the best thing. Um, you get a young guard who's defensively on that side of the ball that you know um, can fit those concepts of Monty Williams right now um, and play alongside Kay Cunningham and Jaden Ivey and see if he can work in that backcourt um, next to those guys. So I think that was a good win for them. They get a young player at least. Um, and I just felt like at this point in time when those guys like Alec Burks and Bojan Mcdonovich, I felt like they could have got more for them. And I know I said um, they got two second-round picks, but that was selling short. And they had these guys – um, for the past couple years, and we felt like they should have traded them. I believe they would have going to get uh, for a couple first rounders for Boyan last year. Alex Burks can probably get you a second rounder, a couple picks, or maybe a nice player in a trade for his production. So I think the Pistons missed out on that, but they eventually finally traded those guys. So I mean, that's a good positive thing for them, but they didn't get the draft capital that they wanted. And I can kind of understand where they were coming from because they were probably having a little bit more. Uh, different expectations heading into the season uh, with Cade Cunningham, Jaden Iving, Jalen Duran, Isaiah Stewart. Probably thought they were going to be a little bit better than they were, but maybe that's a a, a bad sign to Monty Williams, right? Uh, you thought you were going to be better. You're not getting the value of these guys that you thought you would. The team's not playing really well. Um, so this is kind of just a fire sale. You get what you can. Um, sequencing grounds, I feel like that was a nice pickup for them, but I feel like they just sell themselves a little bit short, just holding on a little too long to those guys and not really getting first round picks for them. That's, that's the downfall of them. <laughs> and out of all this, uh, uh, Killian Hayes, one of the bigger role, uh, a change of scenery and the Pistons released him, <laughs> which is crazy, right? Like Killian Hayes, who was a lottery pick. Um, you thought would have been a pro uh, a part of your, uh, rebuilding going forward and the Pistons were just like, no, we're not even going to try to trade you. We're not going to try to get any value for you. Just get out of here. That's the option. That's how bad it is in Detroit right now, that the fact that they missed out on first-rounders for Bojan, Alex Burks, potentially, and released the lottery pick that they've had. That's Detroit. <laughs> now, I think Killian Hayes is going to get picked up at some point. I wouldn't be surprised if the Spurs take a flyer on him, um, get him with Pop, actually get a point guard in there for Wimby and try to do something, or just continue to tank and look towards the draft. I can see Minnesota looking at him as a backup point guard down the line. Mike Conley's getting older, take a flyer on Killian Hayes. Um, things of that nature. That's what I'm thinking, that where he can land up and be on a team potentially and pan out. Um, maybe the Miami Heat. Maybe they can turn him around and save him. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But the New York Knicks making a big swing here. Um, to improve their chances. Now, do this, does that make them top two seed in the East? Who knows? Maybe they're playing really well right now. They're playing really well right now, currently fourth in the Eastern Conference. But in general, um, 
really positioning themselves to play well once they get Julius Randle back, Jalen Brunson back, everyone's healthy, and um, moving forward, OG and Anobi as well. So we'll see what happens with the New York Knicks going forward. All right, so Dallas Mavericks added some pieces there. Um, P.J. Washington and Daniel Gafford. Why is that backwards? Okay, sorry for the weird cut there. Um, we have the Dallas Mavericks adding some pieces at the trade deadline as well, adding P.J. Washington in a trade with the Charlotte Hornets, sending out Seth Curry, um, Grant Williams, and I believe a first-round pick for P.J. Washington uh, of the Charlotte Hornets, also adding Daniel Gafford from – uh, Washington Wizards uh, for Rashawn Holmes in a second round pick, I believe. So the Dallas Mavericks adding some pieces there that can help Luka, help Kyrie, and basically essentially trading for some guys that they can potentially get some value out of. Um, Daniel Gafford just had a big um, debut in his first game with 19-9, kind of replacing uh, Derek Lively, who's, current, uh, who's hurt at the current moment. And kind of do the same things, right, just to provide another big that can do something, a little bit more production that they thought they were going to get out of JaVale McGee and other centers that they were trying to plug and play at that point in time. Derek Lively is pretty good at that. And then now you get Daniel Gafford, who I believe had just always been building his stock up, right? He was a second-rounder in Chicago, um, moved on to the Wizards, and has been uh, basically a backup big down there, but potentially could have some uh, breakout moments like he did tonight, having 19-9 um, playing aside, alongside Luka and Kyrie. So, um, putting him in that system, providing some rim protection, some finishing ability around the limb, the rim, also a safety blanket blanket of Derek Lively um, is hurt, foul trouble, whatever the case may be. At least you have two bigs and guys that you can use going forward that you can rely on consistently rather than having uh, Rashawn Holmes and Grant Williams, guys that really weren't panning out. And uh, Seth Curry, Curry was just added as a salary filler. Um, he's most likely going to get – bought out of Charlotte, so we'll see there. And did Charlotte retire Del Curry's jersey? He played there for 10 years. Seth Curry was wearing his jersey, so I guess that's a family thing. I guess that's okay. But I'm just like, they didn't retire his jersey as consistent as he was for them for 10 years? Hey, um, just something I would thought about. Um, but in general, this works out great for Dallas. I think they got guys that can actually create off the dribble, um, not only standing – um, spotting up and waiting to receive the ball from Luca can actually try to make something happen off the dribble, off the catch, um, and provide some more sc another scoring dynamic that the Dallas Mavericks thought they were going to get with Christian Wood, Javale, uh, Javale McGee, some impact players like Javale McGee, um, Christian Wood. Um, they thought uh, Grant Williams was going to pan out. I thought Grant Williams was going to pan out, but apparently he was rubbing <laughs> the Dallas Mavericks the wrong way with his him just basically being annoying. Um, not really playing great right now for the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> and apparently another thing that ticked him off was that him and Luca have the same agent, but he switched his Luca shoes to Jason Tatum shoes. So I don't know if that was an additional thing. Like, Hey, get the hell of him, the hell out of here. Um, just doing the most with Grant Williams. So hopefully he's able to pan out in Charlotte and just be able to find a role there um, playing down there. It looks like he's going to be there for a little while, but <laughs> Grant Williams, that's Grant Williams, man. He's going to be Grant Williams, man. Um, but those are some good moves from the Dallas Mavericks, and I think those guys are going to be impactful moving forward, um, potentially help them get out of the playing spot. So we'll see what happens there. Um, moving on to – moving on to 
what is up with that? I got all the spell errors here. Uh, moving on to the Philadelphia adding Buddy Heald. I thought this was a good move for them, especially needing some shooting um, next to Tyrese Maxey, um, Joel Embiid when he returns, if he returns. Um, so I thought this was a good move, even moving forward. I don't know if they're going to pay him or if this is just a flyer or whatever the case may be. Um, Sixers get Buddy Heald. Pacers get Furkin Corkmass, Cork who they just released. Doug McDermott goes to Indiana, provides some shooting there, probably replaced by Buddy Heald there. And Spurs get Marcus Morris, who they are most likely going to release. Um, so I just think this is a good move for Philadelphia. Um, a good move for Philadelphia moving forward regarding their shooting uh, shooting woes and getting somebody that can reliably knock down a shot. So Buddy Hill is going to provide that. So that's a good move for Philadelphia. Uh, moving on to OKC. OKC get a veteran and Gordon Hayward. Uh, really like this move for them. Everyone was kind of targeting them to get a big uh, to help Chet Holmgren down there on the front on the front line, and they went a different direction and decided to add a veteran. Um, kind of, I think, um, potentially a little bit more reliable source than Josh Giddy. And if he's healthy, that's the thing with Gordon Hayward, of course, over the past couple of seasons, a guy that used to be durable, uh, capable NBA, all NBA player, capable all star. Um, when he's playing, he's good. He's able to shoot pass great. And that's one of the best things about him during over the course of his career is that kind of hybrid off guard, off forward role creation in terms of being able to shoot the ball, get his own bucket and create for others. So that's something that I think they're looking for just a level above of Josh Giddy, of a person who can actually shoot the ball and be able to play on the floor in different lineups and stuff like that, even next to Chad at some, in, um, in some instances. So I think that's just what it is. It's just a, a just another, a future version of Josh Giddy at this point um, in Gordon Hayward going to OKC. I thought that was a really, really good pickup for them. Um, Hornets gets Valicelli Micic. Trey Mann, who was a nice young player and prospect for them, so good there. And Davis Bertans and two second-round picks. But Trey Mann going to Charlotte, I think that's a good option to have for Charlotte going forward, especially getting these picks, getting to be able to rebuild. Getting rid of Rozier, getting rid of Hayward, that's a big move for the Hornets, who have been holding on to those guys, trying to make the playoffs, trying to do all these things, um, battling through LaMelo Ball's injury. Um, yeah, just finally. Finally, Charlotte is finally going to be rebuilding. Thank you. Do that. <laughs> do that. Please do that, Charlotte. It's about time. You got Brandon Miller. You got LaMelo Ball, Mark Williams. Make it happen. Um, some other trades around the NBA. We have Xavier Tillman and uh, Jaden Springer going to – why is that not on scroll? I'm messing up today. Uh, Jaden Springer going to the Boston Celtics. Um Xavier Tillman, I thought that was a good pickup for the Boston Celtics, especially looking for a big man. Um, he's a little bit undersized, but can play in that role of Al Horford a little bit in terms of just being a reliable big on the back side. And especially when we were trying to figure out if we're going to play uh, Luke Cornett and Quinta for the Boston Celtics, um, Xavier Tillman is a younger prospect, so <clears throat> that we can potentially sign in the offseason as well. As well. Well, I was looking at him, what he did last year against the Lakers, playing against those guys in the playoffs, filling in for Adams and Clark. He played really well in that series and had some big games. So maybe the Celtics would 
just looking for a little bit more experience, a little bit more contract, depending on what the numbers are. I think that would be good for the Boston Celtics going forward, adding him, Jaden Springer, a nice, um, I believe, a couple-year pro um, from Philadelphia. Brings a lot of energy, um, a lot of defensive ability, has some bounce to him. And I think they were just looking for an upgrade over uh, Jordan Walsh here, who they kind of do the same things. They're looking for that versatility defensively, but Jaden Springer just has has a little bit more energy and probably a little bit more chance to get on the floor. So that's that's um, from that aspect. Um, so I like that trade for the Boston Celtics. Also looking around, the Suns get uh, Royce O'Neal and uh, Isaiah Roddy in two separate deals with the Suns and Grizzlies, um, really adding some defensive depth to their roster and some guys that they desperately needed for their roster. You can't be looking at Bobo Bo and these other guys here. You need somebody that's going to be able to play those wing defenders, especially in those lineups of Beal, Booker, Durant, you need somebody to kind of shoot the three and play defense, and Royce O'Neal does that. Isaiah Roddy's a big body, um, can play power forward, can play sm- uh, a small man big. So you got some 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 guys there that can help out the Suns potentially that I like. So that's pretty good for them. Also looking at the Nets getting Dennis Schroeder in a trade with Toronto um, for Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie was already bought by, bought out by Toronto and signing with the Los Angeles Lakers after visiting visiting the Dallas Mavericks. He was at the Lakers in Pelicans game last night and officially signed. So he'll be going to LA. Um, the Bucks getting Patrick Beverly, <laughs> as we found out from Patrick Beverly on his podcast, um, uh, getting traded for uh, Cameron Payne, uh, obviously just a switch in terms of uh, the Bucks desperately needing some defense in that perimeter um, to shore up things right before the playoffs. So hopefully they're looking to do that. Um, I believe he was coached by Doc. A couple years ago, Patrick Beverly. So they have some uh, 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 history together. So Doc likes to get guys that played for him in the past. Um, Cameron Payne moving to uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, looking at it from that aspect, and especially uh, positioning themselves. They absolutely traded Daniel House away. I forgot what team that was, but they did trade him and potentially looking to sign Kyle Lowry, um, homecoming for Kyle Lowry to Philadelphia. So Everything coming full circle for Kyle Lowry, who got traded from the Miami Heat to the Charlotte Hornets and got bought out. So he will be picking uh, going to the Philadelphia 76ers, as well as the Toronto Raptors getting Kenny, Kelly Olenek and Ochi Ajabaji um, from the Utah Jazz there. So uh, basically getting a flyer on our OG, uh, Ochi Abaji. Um, who's a guard they can use him going forward and rebuilding Kelly Olenek can provide some spacing for the guys that is there. Um, I think it's an okay move. I don't like them giving up a first round pick, but they did what they needed to do to get the guys that they wanted. So that's looking at the trade deadline. I think the Knicks and Mavs and OKC did some good things. I think Charlotte did some good things in terms of uh, rebuilding and finally uh, uh, heading in that direction. Uh, looking at other teams, I'm confused by Chicago. Alex Caruso wasn't traded. DeMar DeRozan wasn't traded. Um, just some missed opportunities there. I feel like Alex Caruso would have at least garnered you some picks. DeMar DeRozan would have garnered you some picks if you needed, but he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Most likely putting yourself in a position to pay him and Zach Levine and just tie up your cap space. I don't get what they're doing. I don't get what Chicago's doing at all. Um Zach Levine got hurt, of course. That's that sucked. It looks, looks like they were trying to trade him to Detroit or, or trade him somewhere. 
And just looking at it from that aspect, it's like Chicago, since Lonzo Ball got hurt, they have just been in quicksand. And I don't understand what that organization is doing. I don't understand what they're trying to push for. They're currently ninth in the in the playoff race. And it's like, what are you doing or trying to do going forward? Obviously, I know they've been trying to make the playoffs every year. They're not one of those teams, kind of like Indiana. They're not trying to be in the lottery. They're not trying to take a step back. They're not trying to do that. But this is the time to do that. <laughs> This is the time to do that if you're Chicago. So I'm just disappointed about them. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers did not make any trades. What everybody was talking about, trading D'Lo, Austin Reeves, getting Javon, DeJon Murray, getting all these other guys. And nothing came to fruition for them as they just didn't see anything worth giving up in terms of Austin Reeves and D'Lo at this point in time. And waiting for the offseason to really make some moves. Um, get some trade, uh, get some more draft capital that they could trade if they were going to potentially make moves or make other moves, do something else. Um, but those two teams, I'm just confused by. Um, the Lakers are fine because I didn't really expect them to do anything. But Chicago Bulls, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, moving on to NBA All Star Weekend, but for, before that, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. All right, we're back. Um, looking at NBA All-Star Weekend, which is going to happen next weekend, not this weekend. Um, everything's set in stone. we got our All-Stars lineup, but we have NBA All-Star Saturday night um, leading up. Skills competition, three-point shootout, a battle between two stars of the NBA and WNBA, and a slam dunk competition. Um, so we have the key is. Yes, the NBA Skills Challenge from presented by Kia. Uh, we're going to have three teams here. Uh, team Pacers, hometown team, Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, Miles Turner. We have the team top picks, Paulo Bencaro, Anthony Edwards, Victor Wembinyama, and team all-stars, Scotty Barnes, Tyrese Maxey, and Trey Young. Uh, three teams there, obviously the home team. They usually do that, have a home team representative um, in some aspect of the team, Tyrus Halliburton is an all-star, will be competing in the three-point contest and the skills challenge. Um, Benedict Matherin is a young, nice, young, promising player for them, has been playing well. Miles Turner, um, fully ingrained Indiana Pacers team top picks, which are all number one picks of the past couple of years. Paulo Bencaro of the Orlando Magic, Anthony Edwards of the Minnesota Timberwolves, Victor Wembanyama of the Spurs. So it's going to be interesting to see how the skills competition breaks down. I wonder if they're just going to have them go through the cones, the point guards go through the cones, make the pass, have a shooter and then have a person finish it off. I don't know how they're going to do that. So that'll be interesting. And then we have Team All-Star comprised of a bunch of young All-Stars um, that were voted in. Scotty Barnes, Tyrese Maxey, who was having an amazing season, probably most improved on the season, and Trey Young, who was uh, an injury placement for Joe Mullen Bede heading into this. So it's going to be interesting. But I'm going to go with the hometown team, Tyrese, Benedict Matherin, and Miles Turner. Probably had some practice time, probably trying to figure that out and get it going on that end i'm gonna go with that and then we have the starry three-point contest um damian lillard returning champion coming back malik beasley from the bucks jalen brunson from the new york knicks tyrese halliburton from the indiana Pacers, laurie marketing um from the utah jazz donovan mitchell from the cleveland Cavs, carl anthony towns from minnesota and trey young from the Atlanta hawks trey young and all these events after being a late uh, addition to the all-star game. So I wonder if he was there before or after, whatever the case may be. Um, this field is pretty good. Malik Beasley has been on fire from three-point range. Um, Jalen Brunson has been efficient. 
Tyrus Halliburton knocking down a bunch of clutch threes this year. Um, Donovan Mitchell, uh, I think him, him more of a score, but he ends up in these competitions, but he's able to shoot the ball as well. Um, Laurie Marketing and Carl Anthony Towns, big men in the three-point contest, change of the NBA. I believe Carl Anthony Towns has one underneath his belt as a champion. Um, Trey Young is rounding it out. Um, this one's going to be tough, but I might go. I might go. I, I don't know if I'm going to go with Damian Wood. It's got to be somebody else. I don't know if Tyrese, Mag, uh, Tyrese Halliburton has a shot for the three-point contest. Who am I going to go with? Who am I going to go with? Let's go with Trey Young. Let's see if Trey Young can do it. I don't know. I think of him more of a scorer than a shooter, but let's go with Trey Young. I'm going to go with Trey Young in the three-point contest. So we'll see how that goes. And then we have the impromptu challenge between Steph Curry and Sabrina Nanescu in a three-point challenge. Uh, Steph Curry uh, will be shooting for NBA range. Uh, Sabrina will be shooting from WNBA range, but a three-point contest, just a shootout, and we'll see what happens here. This is going to be interesting, too, with the best shooters in the world um, in their respective sports, and this is going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun. I like this crossover event. They usually do it in the Shooting Stars Challenge where they cross over NBA and WNBA players, but this is an actual straight-up challenge, and I think it should be fun in Indiana. I think it should be a good show. A good showing, and sometimes the three-point contest is better than the dunk contest. But so we'll see what happens with that this year, and that's basically two three-point shooting contests. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but I'm going Steph Curry. Uh, I think Steph Curry is just the greatest shooter of all time, and he is the greatest shooter of all time. And just it's a competition. I believe he has a couple three-point contest championships underneath his belt. So going to go Steph Curry in that battle. Uh, moving on to the NBA dunk contest, which who we didn't know who was going to be in it. And then it was rumored that Jalen Brown was going to be it, but it has been confirmed. Uh, Jalen Brown is in the dunk contest representing my Boston Celtics. So hopefully he does well. Uh, Jamie Jacques Jr., the rookie out of Miami, who has been impressive and playing really well right there. Um, Matt McClung, who won it, I believe, was it last year? But he's of the Orlando G League. Um very impressive. Usually came out. Oh, he was in Philly. He was in Philly at the time he won it. But he's going to be in it, so it's going to be interesting to see that. And Jacob Toppin, Obi Toppin's brother, so of the New York Knicks. So it's going to be interesting to see a nice field here. I'm going to go Mac McClung. Now, the homer in me is saying Jalen Brown should win it, um, but we'll see. But I'm going to go with Mac McClung. He has an experience. Um, as a, in, the, in the dunk contest and as a dunker. So, yeah, Jalen Brown is more of an in-game dunker. Hami Hawkins, I haven't seen too many posters from him. And Jacob Toppin, I'm just a, I'm just thinking him and Obi have some moves that they done before in the dunks. So, going to go with Matt McClung. I feel like he already has that experience over those other guys. Now, looking to the NBA All-Star game. Um, in the Eastern Conference, we had Halliburton, Lillard, Adedekumpo, Giannis, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, Jalen Brunson, Tyrus Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, Paulo Bencaro, Bam Adebayo, Trey Young, and Scotty Barnes as the replacements for Joel Embiid and Julius Randle. Um, I would like this team a lot. As I said before, um, I thought Brunson should have been a starter over Lillard, just the way they were playing at the time when the announcement came out. Um but I like this team for the East. I feel like a lot of guys there, I don't think there were any snubs there in the East. Maybe people were arguing about Trey Young, people arguing his record and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. People are saying that he should have been in there over Paulo Bencaro, but Paulo Bencaro has been playing fantastic for the Orlando Magic. So 
But Trey Young's in, so everyone's happy. No one can complain about that. In the Western Conference, we got Luka Doncic, Shaggy Gilgis, Alexander, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, the captain, uh, Nikola Jokic, Devin Booker, Steph Curry, Anthony Edwards, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Carl Anthony Towns, and Anthony Davis to round out the Western Conference. Now, everybody's question here was the why were there no Kings picks, and I'm kind of on the side of that, kind of on the side of that. Um I think I would have either had Booker or Paul George out as they I just feel like they messed a little missed a little couple more games than a De'Aaron Fox or a DeMontis Sabonis. I feel like we should have had a Kings representation in the Western Conference because those guys were playing well. So um it kind of sucks not having them in that mold, but it is what it is. We're gonna continue to move forward and move on. Um, but it should be fun. It should be fun. We're gonna get a bunch of dunks, a bunch of threes. It's gonna be an entertaining game. Um, but we'll see how that turns out. We got the NBA trade deadline finished up, uh, NBA All-Star Weekend coming up. And uh, so my next episode uh, most likely will be second half predictions, second run predictions as we head into uh, heading into the playoff mode in these past these next couple months here. So um, expectations for the second half of the season and seeing where that goes, as well as on my podcast ring takes with Brian and Lewis. We've been having John Escobar join us as well. Um, check that out. Reaction to the WrestleMania press conference was up. Has been doing pretty good on YouTube. Continue to watch those videos because we're loving the feedback, loving the view rate. Um, continue to watch. Continue to support. Like, comment, and subscribe as I bring you more basketball content from the Soapbox Network. Thank you guys for joining me. And until next time.